welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I am the DJ, and with me today I have the Professor. Hello. How's it going, Professor? All right. I uh, just get annoyed with some of my projects at the moment. They were working before I started working on them, and now they're not. But I think I know why, so it's a part that was on the way out, and I now just need to replace the whole thing. Oh, and that's going to take a lot of work. No, it's a pretty simple thing. Only like four screws. Four, four, four screws. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. you saying you got four screws loose? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have actually more than that because of my other project that is currently in like a million pieces. I've got oh, must be twenty screws loose here. Wow, you're 20 screws loose, so that means you are certified to go to the nearest mental hospital about, right about now. Okay, will you call me an Uber? <laughs> I'll call a yellow cab, will that help? It will cost much, but... <laughs> as long as you're paying. <laughs> Although I'm a bit concerned that you're actually recommending he go to a mental hospital. Ah, <laughs> uh, it takes one to know one. <laughs> uh, joining me as well today is Bucky. I'm so upset. He he always goes first. <laughs> See now what, what you've done, Professor. You made him jealous now. <laughs> you made Bucky jealous already. No, you did that. <laughs> but you started the trend. <laughs> I'm just making fun of you both. <laughs> How are you, Bucky? I'm fantastic. Is it because it's first week and you're enjoying yourself already? Um, well, that too. <laughs> How's first week going so far? Yeah, absolutely fantastic and awesome. Nice, nice, nice. What about that. yourself? Yeah, first week's fun. Got all, got all my paperwork done and yeah, and I'm now starting first week with a bang. Not literally, well, but... I know Buck's feeling a bit asthmatic because I can hear his breathing quite heavily. I'm just excited. That's just a breathless excitement. He's more hyped than the nerd at Comic Con. Oh, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first story today we have is the professors about um, Nintendo being sued. Oh, yeah, I get to go first again. <laughs> he always goes first. <laughs> so there's a developing story from the last couple of days. A class action lawsuit was filed against Nintendo of America because of the Joy-Con drifting issue, which, if you haven't seen the teardown, is caused by a uh, design flaw in a joystick module. The joystick uses metal wipers on graphite pads as a form of sliding potentiometer to detect the position of the joystick. And over time, the metal wears through the graphite pad and causes it to drift. So you end up with a bunch of uh, conductive graphite dust and grooves in the graphite pads. And you could probably replace the graphite pad if you could find some anywhere. But the easiest thing to do is just swap the, uh, the joystick module out for a replacement part. But people are upset because Nintendo America has been charging about the same as a new set of Joy-Cons for a repair and the class action lawsuit was filed against the uh, effective joysticks. Okay. So Nintendo came back against that and basically said, contact our customer support. 
because uh, Hope, we take great pride in creating quality products and we're continuously making improvements to them, which uh, is why they've spent two years and haven't found a solution for this yet. But just a few hours ago, they decided that they would make a exception for people who get Joy-Con Drift to get free repairs or a refund if they've already char- been charged for repair. Okay. I have to say, I'm enjoying the idea that Nintendo is actually being sued for a change. Yeah, they've usually been um, fairly solid, but this is a big embarrassment, really. Well, yeah, but it's also, it's normally it's them who are suing somebody else. Oh, yeah. We uh, covered uh, Emu Paradise earlier this year, or mm-hmm. late last year. It's been a while. <laughs> where they uh, they sued a ROM hosting site. And then there's the cases of all of the Pokemon fan games that have been sued. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but that's what's interesting about it is how Nintendo, be, they're the one company that prides quality over quantity. And this and being hit with this, that kind of shatters, well, not really shatter the image, but more like dents their image a bit. Well, Sony usually seems to deliver a good quality product. And if you have an issue, they replace it, then it's no hassles, whatever. So, yeah, I think it's just someone somewhere along the line has um, stuffed up and forgot to pay attention to the fact that, yeah, if they're going to compete in such a tight market space, they've got to step up and really actually put in the effort to look after their customers. Yeah, I think the... Um, right, it's a design flaw that they might not have foreseen it or it might have been expected to last longer and the materials change or something messed it up. But there's enough people who are having this issue that it's really disappointing that they haven't uh, come forward before this and announced any sort of recall or repair program. It's not until the um, issue finally cracked into the media and they were getting sued that they came out and admitted they'd made a mistake. Did someone forget to take note of the fact that Graphite is what we make pencils out of, so it does yeah. tend to wear. Yeah, I'm not sure what they use in other potentiometers because I've had joysticks that have lasted years and shown no sign of uh, damage inside the potentiometer, right from where I had mm. to take the potentiometer apart because it got damaged in another way, but um, it wasn't worn out. So maybe there's a bonding agent they use some sort of resin that hmm. uh, is not up to grade for this. Is this, would you say this is as bad as the, um, remember Samsung and how they had the exploding phones? And no, took a... this won't kill anyone. Oh no, but then it would just, it, it, the hassle of just sending in your phone, seeing if your phone's going to be the one that is one of the ones that's going to explode, like potentially. Well, the controls aren't actually exploding, so... No, it's not as much of an issue. Yeah, this is a safe failure. It's not something you have to worry about burning your house down or hurting you if you if something goes wrong. So I don't think it's um, as big of a issue for it. It's just a bit of a PR nightmare. Hmm. Yeah, so Xbox had the red ring of death and PlayStation had the blue screen of um, death. And in both cases, it was just a matter of, okay, just while it was an annoying issue and probably not great publicity, 
it was just a matter of you just take it back and just swap it over on the um, warranty, and there was no problems. Yeah. So I don't know what caused the PlayStation issue, but the rendering of death was, if I remember correctly, because uh, they this was not too long after the switch to lead-free solder, I think. So mechanical um, soldering machines hadn't been tuned to the different parameters because lead-free solder melts at a higher temperature and doesn't flow as well, in my experience. And the solder that held down the video chip would start to soften and the video chip would flex away from the board when it got hot. So they, okay. um, that's why putting it in the oven would fix. That's uh, called a reflow, where using the existing solder, you melt it down again so that it all sticks back together. Okay. Um, yeah, with the PlayStation, I never really heard what was really the issue there. There was something with the coding or something like that it was causing the blue screen of death. Um, I remember there were others, and I actually had one that did this, where at one point he just turned around and it just it was just constantly ejecting games out and then it would just wouldn't turn on. And then when I contacted the retailer, they just said, oh, yeah, just bring it in, we'll just swap it over. We've had a couple of those. So everything has issues that come up every now and again. When you're pushing the envelope the way that these guys are with technology to try and deliver the best product, you're always going to have a minor issue or two come up. That's just how you deal with it and respond to it that makes you great or a poser. Yeah, the funny thing is Nintendo's always had some issues with their joysticks. Uh, the first mainstream console to have a joystick, well, a little like thumbstick style joystick, was the uh, the Nintendo 64. And that one was famous for giving people um, blisters because it had a really rough surface. And the Mario Party games involved a lot of... Uh, swiveling and stuff but it also would wear down the i'm not sure what part was wearing down but you'd get a white dust caked up in the in the mechanism then the 3ds joysticks i think weren't too popular i uh i think they fixed it for the new 3ds but i wasn't really following that generation so i'm not sure mm-hmm. can you see uh, what's going to be interesting is you're going to see people well, um, they're going to do backyard surgery on the uh, Switch controllers and mess it up. Do you reckon it's a, rec- a recommended course of action? Well, if Nintendo aren't going to fix it, it's right. For whatever reason, you can't get yours fixed by Nintendo, which, thanks for reminding me, this offer is only valid in the US. But um, if you can't get your joystick fixed by Nintendo, you can get the parts for, I think, 10 bucks or so off the internet. And you really only need a um, screwdriver set with the special Joy-Con tips, which I actually bought recently because uh, I've got something coming up, the buttons in my one of my joysticks. So I, um, I've actually got experience taking it apart, and it's fairly simple. It's like a handful of screws and then some really fine um, ribbon cables but as long as you're careful, it's really not that hard to do. So you heard it first here, folks. If you have a Nintendo, be prepared to do surgery. <laughs> Actually, there you go. I worked out what it is. Remember that game Operation where you had to do, 
use the tweezers to reach in, and if you hit the sides, it set off the buzzer. <laughs> Nintendo's offering an extra feature of their Switch. Everyone thinks it's actually a design fault. They've actually put in a, a special bonus round. <laughs> it, it, it's the next um, surgical simu- uh, simulator. <laughs> yeah. Or may- maybe they could call it um, bomb tech or something like that. Because <laughs> if you touch the electric wires, it'll explode. <laughs> yeah, there's a little lithium-ion battery in there. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So Nintendo is not actually... They haven't failed. <laughs> Just people are too narrow-minded to grasp the full potential of what's being offered. These are surprise mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we've just made. Actually, that can up. we can we um, copyright that? Just so that if um, <laughs> Nintendo does decide to try and say that that's what's happening, we get money. <laughs> Really has that copyright? No, no, no. But but about the that's what's actually happening with the Nintendo Switch. It's an ad, it's an added design feature. Well, well, at least it's better than saying um, at least it's better than saying oh, there's ghosts in the machine. There, there might be poltergeists in the machine. Well, no, no, might be. <laughs> and and don't you start picking on ghosts in the machine? <laughs> One of my favorite animes. <laughs> Gotta love Ghost in the Shell. Uh, but yeah, um, speaking of um, animes and all things pop culture, um, it's time to we talk about Comic-Con 2019 and how interesting the, um, the announcements were. Can I just say I'm glad you actually remember it was 2019? <laughs> well, 20, well, last year's Comic-Con was amazing with DC posting up their announcements like Wonder Woman 1984 and Shazam and Aquaman this year. Oh, goody. Marvel decided to pop their announcement. <laughs> You're not hyped for this at all, are you, Buck? You said Marvel. He's already gone and checked out. <laughs> uh, so, for, so the first one we've got is the uh, Marvel Eternals. So basically a movie by a group of immortals who lived on Earth for millennia. And the cast for that is Richard Madden, uh, Kumali Nijini, um, Lauren Ridloff, Bree Bri Tyler Henry, Salma Hayek, Don Lee, and Angelina Jolie, to name a few. That's going to be that's an interesting one. Uh, then next we've got The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which, which, is, which will be featured on the Disney Plus TV, ser- TV channel. And it's just basically... Pun? More Marvel crap. Well, yeah, yeah. It's Disney. What can you say? What can I say? Um, so this will be featuring Sam Wilson, who plays by Anthony Mackie, and Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. And they'll be facing against Baron Zemo, who was played by Dar- Daniel Bruin in Marvel Civil War. And as we said after Avengers Endgame. And I, th- and I think last episode we were talking about Shang-Chi and was going to play as Shang-Chi. Well, uh, to update to update that story, um, they made the announcement on who's going to play as Shang-Chi. And it's none other than... Come on, come on! Who is it? Simu Liu as Shang-Chi. Was he one of the ones we were talking about 
No, he was he was a dark horse. Oh, completely out of left field. <laughs> You're not being racist, are you? <laughs> no, he's Asian. He's not dark. <laughs> I am so gonna get bombs. <laughs> All the male bombs. Oh, not the female bombs either. <laughs> so Shang Chi's. I think. So Shang so Simu Liu is going to play Shang Chi. Tony Tony Leung is going to be playing as Mandarin, and Aquafina will be starring in an undisclosed role. Uh, so she'll be Tim... the she'll be the um, water girl. <laughs> uh, so two other Disney Plus series have also follow, are also going to be have been announced. Uh, One Division, so which features Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, also as Scarlet Witch, and Paul Bethany as Division. And you also got Tom Hiddleston playing as Loki in this TV show, Loki. Okay, do we have anything interesting now? Uh, what else is it? There's the new Thor movie that's been announced, which is called Thor Love and Thunder. I said interesting. <laughs> hey, it's going to feature a female Thor for this one. So it's going to be having Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson as well. So what happened with um, the DC Universe series Sneak Peek Q&A? Did you really... get any information about that? All I got was there were a couple of t- um, TV series. They did their trailers like um, The Flash. You got Arrow's final season coming up. Uh, Black Lightning, another season coming up. Uh, nothing big came out. So that. pretty much the same as um, Marvel, but more interesting then. <laughs> but uh, I was, I was going to say something. With, um, with Shang-Chi coming, with Shang-Chi being announced... What's going, to, what's going to be interesting is how when the movie comes out, I wonder how much fanfare is going to come out from that movie saying like, oh, Shang-Chi, he's the first Marvel Chinese Marvel superhero, first Chinese superhero. Could you imagine the fanfare for that? It'll be the same as the fanfare for the first black hero, the first female hero. <laughs> but so that's the thing with um, Black Panther. There was a lot of kickback because they were actually overlooking a lot of the other black heroes. Yeah, like Blade, I think. Yeah, Blade was the first one. Oh, that's the that's the biggest. Um, Falcon. There's lots of others that were out there before he was released as a movie. Yeah, but uh, the biggest, the other big announcement was Blade, and who's going to be playing as Blade, which I forgot to mention, is being played by uh, Marsha Ali. He was famous for a movie called Green Book, which I recommend. Was is a very. Did you, big... did you actually pronounce his name right? Marshall. I don't think I was gonna say so I don't think it's actually Marsha Ali. Marshall Ali. Yeah. But yeah, he's gonna be playing as Blade, which is very interesting. I mean, we we all loved Blade. We all love Wesley Snipes as Blade, and we all wish he was playing as Blade. But yeah, I would like to see that's a, that's gonna be an interesting direction seeing uh, Marshall Ali playing as Blade. So, well, uh, Kevin Feige's hinted a couple of other movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther Two, Black Panther Two, Captain Marvel Two, and couple of others like Fantastic Four and X-Men. So Phase 4 is going to be interesting. Well, well you got... Well, I'm, I'm more interested in Blade and see how that pans out, but I think everyone's all hyped up for the new female Thor. Mm, no. I think yeah. a lot of people are just over Marvel, just constantly bombarding the movies with just so, so much. It's just becoming ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, there's too you, many. There's two. I I agree with you there, but DC has DC has has its fun run, and I agree with you there. Like DC, 
I would like to see more DC movies coming up, but Marvel is just... Yeah, but DC's doing it slowly rather than just ramming 50 movies down your throat in a short space of time. You're going, aren't we the best? To be fair, they also did it too quickly by trying to launch into that cinematic universe about doing a build-up first. Yeah. But at least there aren't 50 million uh, DC movies Mm-hmm. There's one thing I, I, I give um, credit to DC is they do very well in the animated universe. Like their animated universe is pretty good. Like you've got the uh, just, uh, Young Justice series, you've got the DC movies, like the recent um, Batman movie that's come out called Batman Hush. Yeah, but I liked... that's what it's that's what they, they revolve around. They only do the other movies just as an extra, and that's the reason why they don't. They don't stress about it as much, whereas Marvel's forgotten the fact that they're supposed to be a comic book series and it's all about the animation. So they've forgotten about a lot of that and just gone on with all the other bits and pieces. Well, you, uh, I know you guys won't be watching all these Marvel movies, but honestly, but seriously though, like, which one would you want to watch out of all of the Marvel movies? None that's of them. That's none of them? I'd rather watch something good. Um, yeah, I'd rather go watch Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Well, let's just keep this in mind. If I listen to numbers drop this week, we know why. Well, the DJ's enough of a fan of Marvel for covering us both. I'm not really a fan of Marvel. I just, I, I just. Oh, really? Marvel. Literally everything you post on our Facebook page is Marvel. Not really. I just like post up the trailers. That, that, we had to put a ban on you posting anything from Marvel for at a period of time there, because you had so many posts in a row constantly were just Marvel. We thought you were getting paid. <laughs> and not sharing with us. So if that happens again, hey, I could, hey, I could, hey, 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 I could say the same with you too. <laughs> with you too, saying a lot about Studio Ghibli. I'm thinking you guys get paid by Studio Ghibli. I don't say a huge amount about Studio Ghibli. <laughs> do you now? <laughs> um, I do say about them fairly regularly, but I admit I'm a fan. I'm not ashamed of it. But Chad, what what do you guys thought of Comic Con overall? Like with with despite oh, the wasn't announcement, was was meh? I didn't make it either. My invitation got lost in the mail. <laughs> yeah. we, we better. Well, we, we know someone who did get there. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even get there. <laughs> Not you. Not We're talking about you. our marvelous friend from comics to movies. Oh, oh, this guy. Awesome, awesome. He's an awesome guy. Uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, have a chat with him and find out how it went. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, before we move on to our next topic, we should uh, do a promo on our good, on our good friends, you, me, and a poltergeist. A new That's Not Canon podcast. Hey, I'm Braden. And I'm Belinda. Together we are... You, me, and the Poltergeist. We're a paranormal comedy podcast where we talk about all things supernatural. And throw in some personal experiences along the way. Each episode showcases our weird and dry sense of humour. So join us with a new episode every Friday. And don't don't forget forget to exercise regularly. That's not kind of productions podcast. So, uh, Bucky, you've got a story about micro robots in cells. In what? In cells. In cells. Micro robots. Um, 
Yeah, I got micro robots, but they're not in cells. They're in all sorts no, of things. They're innocent. <laughs> they weren't. They, I was going to say they weren't convicted of anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the push into micro robotics has seen a couple of new players in the field come and deliver up some fabulous innovations. Where we have one which is approximately two millimeters long. It's about the size of the world's smallest ant, and it's been delivered by Georgia Tech, and it's actually a vibration-powered robot. So it operates using sound frequencies to actuate the legs to make it move and change direction, etc. Unlike others that were using, um, it was ultrasounds, which would make them make all of the mass collection of bots move. This is so you can actuate individual ones. So, yeah, they, they, they actually calling them bristle bots because the legs actually look like bristles, apparently. Um, Have you ever seen those ones kids make? Like, you chop the end of a, a toothbrush off and stick a little motor with an off-balance weight on it. And ah, okay. And the bristles and the... So the off-balance weight on the motor acts as a vibration motor. That's how the motors in your controllers work. There's a, a little chunk of metal that's shaped uh, non-symmetrically. Yeah. So um, then you, you bend the bristles and it will run in whatever direction. Like You can control its direction by bending the bristles certain ways. Yeah. Um, possibly part of the location where they got the idea for this. But as this is, as I said, two, two millimetres long, 1.8 wide and 0.8 millimeter thick so it's definitely not as thick as some and yeah. only weighs about five milligrams not as big as the kids one so yeah this is this is the first in the in the micro robotics section and it's actually like the way that they like some of the stuff they're looking at with it is actually really cool so but then we've got another one which is actually controlled by light because Researchers at the University of Toronto um, found that they could manipulate cells through optoelectronic tweezers, um, which use light patterns to directly interact with the object of interest. But they wanted something that could be a bit more specific in performing non-invasive. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com even accurate control isolation and analysis of cells in a biological complex biological environment so these things look like they're actually part of a um duplex toy series you know the ones where you had the all the different things that look like um cogwheels and sprockets with straws that would connect to them these these look like the little sprockets for that and they're operated by light yeah, I imagine they're using the uh, radiation pressure of the light, sort of like a, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's this little uh, 
device that's a vacuum chamber with a um, sort of a windmill in it. And by shining a laser at the windmill, it will rotate. Okay. There's, uh, they're basically just toys for um, physics classrooms, but this looks like an actual use for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I actually went and looked for the PDF, like for the original paper that these guys have put up, and it's one of those situations where the list of researchers involved is actually longer than the name of the article and paper. So, um, but it's actually really quite interesting when you start looking at some of the where they're looking at the um, light frequencies that they're using and the way that they're doing things. And they've got different patterns in the microbot. So they've got the ones I was saying about, which are looking like they're the little um, sprocket. And they've got another one which looks like a jigsaw puzzle piece. And then a third one which looks like it's um, part of a, the nose of a set of pliers. And the size of this is in nanometers i think that's what it is when you got the little mu sign i'm clearly hopeless tonight uh, yeah i think that's it so yeah they're measuring it against 100 nanometers so yeah pretty cool and someone's actually stepping outside the box on how they're doing things so i don't know if that'll actually work for you guys for that link but yeah uh, if you want a copy of the paper messages and we're happy to send it through to you. I'll download it and share it. Could you say this is um, a new a new evolution in um, nano nanochemistry and nan, nano nanotechnology? Well, it's another stage in um, nanotechnology because it's a further adaption of the use of the um, tweezers. Just want to make sure I actually say the right name there for them. The opto. Uh, by the way, guys, the um, mu the mu symbol is actually for micro. Micro. Uh, bugger. Yeah, I think nano is a little n. Oh, it's uh, a little, um, nm. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's it. Been a while since high school physics. <laughs> yeah, I um, it's been a while since I've actually had to look at it. So, um, the optoelectronic tweezers, which I actually use to operate these uh, microbots, uh, it's just a further adaption of that and yeah it's it is pretty cool though can you see this in other applications though besides biology yeah yeah you can, see, if... you can see this being used in um operate like doing um micro circuitry work and so forth on computer systems yeah i was just thinking about that i wonder if they could be used for novel uh like integrated circuit design yeah i'm actually wondering whether this might be a way, like, this sort of technology could be a way of um, boosting supercomputer conducting because they keep hitting the wall with the limitations of materials, whereas if they're using the light to manipulate objects, maybe they could use, they could facilitate that into changing up the process. I like one of the quotes they said is, we can look at the collective behavior of ants, for example, and apply what we what we learn from them to our robots. And if you want a fun book about why we shouldn't do this, check out Prey by Michael Crichton. <laughs> Basically, uh, scientists make nanobots. Nanobots go out of control and start killing people. It's a great book. <laughs> well, you can it's just like watch. Jurassic Park, both nanobots. 
or you could just watch um, is it Stargate Atlantis. They actually have um, a battle against nanobots. That's just remind me of a Powerpuff Girls episode, actually. Oh, <laughs> we're going that far. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there's a Powerpuff Girls episode that's a battle against nanobots. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, the the fact that people are actually looking in this way at different things that can be done, I'm actually I'm I'm loving this. Like, I'm looking forward to the idea that they're gonna have these nanobots and microbots that can be used to perform what was normally considered invasive surgery in an in non-invasive way. What's going to be interesting is how Boston Dynamics and other robotics, pro- prominent robotics companies are going to adopt this type of tech in the, long, in the near future. How? Um, maybe helping it. Well, I'm thinking more in the militaristic terms here. So I still don't see where you're going. I'm saying We're that... We're years off that. These are... Uh... They're essentially remote controlled. There's no autonomous factor to them, and they're so small that for them to have any sort of effect, right, you need a direct. As far as I can tell, you need a direct connection from you to the um, the nanobot using a, a light beam. So you basically need light of sight, and you're not going to be able to achieve any sort of effect that couldn't be better served with a, a fifty cal. Mm-hmm. And with the um, Bristol bots, it's operated by sound. They're only simple machines. So Boston Dynamics are building. They're the people who are going to build the Terminator. That be that's scary when I think about that. And stop. Anyways, um, so can you? Can, where else? Where else besides um in healthcare and other stuff? Can you see this tech, sort of tech? You see it all over the place because. It's it's literally a, it's only a limitation of your mind, but I can't see much in the way of military purposes unless you're talking about assassinations from close up range, because you've got to control them by sound waves for the um, bristlebots. Yeah. But the reality is that it's pretty hard way of going about it. There's easier ways to kill a person. Uh, anyways, um, so I'm moving along. So, what games have you been playing? Professor, you first. Oh, well, again? Actually, yeah. He knows where it's at. <laughs> I've actually been playing uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh. oh. <laughs> playing the single-player mode again. Well, I never finished it, but I'm, I've got back into the single-player. Man, that must have been a long, long game. It is. It. Um, I think I heard somewhere it takes a couple of hundred hours to defeat every fight in the... Uh, sort of a story mode. I, I thought you were just going to say to list out every single character. <laughs> Which I character? can't argue with that. <laughs> it's he awesome. felt that way. <laughs> so how many trophies have you collected so far? Uh, there's not really trophies in Ultimate, I think. They replaced them with um, achievements, and I don't actually know because I don't bother checking. But by the time you get to the end, because there's so many characters, it would be like the Library of Congress and the Library of Alexandria <laughs> combined. Provided he doesn't, provided uh, his Nintendo Switch doesn't burn down <laughs> or explode <laughs> when he um, misses his um, op- his micro surgery operation stuff. 
which is his surprise mechanism. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you there, Professor? You, you sound dead. I am. Um, I'm, I'm not even giving you guys the dignity of that. Yes, you are. <laughs> hey, you can come up with it. You can come up with a Jeff about it. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not in the same room as him right now. <laughs> I can see the professor just quietly swearing. <laughs> just wait I am um, a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, uh, so how long have you got left before you finish the whole game? I'd say I'm about 60% through. Wow. So it's only going to take him another 7,500 hours. Yeah. <laughs> And not to mention including the DLC stuff. Uh, there's no DLC story. The DLCs are just a handful of uh, new characters. Ah, uh, okay. Even more characters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and there goes Bucky. <laughs> what? With Triggered Buck. <laughs> have, they got, have they joined with um, Disney so they got the Marvel Universe coming in as well? <laughs> not yet. I shouldn't have said that because they're going to do that now. Yep. <laughs> Thank God they didn't do that with Kingdom Hearts. Oh, wait. I think they did. <laughs> yeah. There'd be more hippies. <laughs> Anyways, moving along. Uh, Buck, so what have you been playing? I've been playing Company Heroes. Ooh. That, I, used to, I used to play that game um, during my land, during my time at the, in a land cafe. That was a fun mm. game. Mm-hmm. I've just been doing the the actual storyline mission in single player mode so far. So yeah, just slowly working my way through the invasion of Normandy. See, I miss those types of games. Though you don't see you don't see any any of those types of games anymore. Like real time strategy game based in World War Two. You don't see that. Anymore. Um. Well, this was actually on special. So yeah, you actually you can see it if you actually go looking for it. <laughs> I meant as in as a concept, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I should try to get that game. Yeah, yeah. We, we struggle to find games that have got storylines these days. Yeah, you were going to say something, young Professor? I was going to say, also, the World War Two genre died off for a few years because it got so oversaturated. Yeah, but it's always fun killing Nazis. Yeah. So you've got the entire pack, or you've just got Company of Heroes? Um, I got some. I got Company of Heroes one and two. Nice, nice. And some DLC with it as part really of the special. So, yeah, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be playing that in between all my readings and study for uni. So have you played both factions or are you just playing with one so far? I'm only playing one so far. I'm invading Normandy. Oh, nice. And I have been playing uh, Dawn of War 4K. Okay. Again? Oh, yeah, again. <laughs> again. Does it still hold up? I'm probably going to play it at a LAN party in a couple of weeks. It still holds up. It's just, the annoying thing is just waving time. It's just abnormally huge because it's an old game. But yeah, it's, it holds up. It holds up in terms of... Although, balance. it's probably not as bad as what it used to be when you played it on an old computer. <laughs> yeah, just load it on SSD. That'll solve all your waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm still enjoying that game and I- I, I really want to learn the lore, so yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, um, moving on to the shout outs, uh, we've got a 
very um, somber shadow, somber shadow, um, which was on the 18th of July, 2019, uh, Kyoto Animation Studio uh, um, was caught on an arson attack. A lot of people died on, on that um, attack. Pretty sad. Yes, it's the biggest mass murder since World War II, well, in Japan, of course. Yeah. Or... yeah this is just a regular Saturday night in America. But yeah. Or... I listen to a number. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe it, man. How all that started out was just was a, basically a, a guy in his forties decides to go into the studio, accuse people of stealing his work, and decides to just burn the place down. Well, that's what they're telling us. There might be more to it than that. Yeah, can't believe it. Thirty-three people died in it. It's so sad. And now they um, there's GoFundMe to um help out the families and. I'll post the um, GoFundMe link into the show notes if anyone wants to donate. And um, I think recently the studio president wants to turn the building into a memorial. Oh, yeah, pretty sad, guys. Here, the home of the home, home, home. This is the studio that created a lot of good anime in my like uh, Violet Evergarden, for example. Um, what else did they do? They did K-On! They also did uh, Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid, among others, but yeah. Um, moving on. Don't forget our other remembrance for tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, Drakahawa. Uh, yeah. Probably most famous for playing Roy Beatty in, uh, in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. With the famous Time to Die speech. He was also in um, Batman Begins. Yeah, but no one's seen that. <laughs> oh, is that a digger DC? <laughs> I, I have to say, I actually enjoy more in um, Hobo with a Shotgun. But <laughs> that's just myself. I actually liked him in um, Batman and in Sin City as well. But yeah, he apparently the, um, the, the Tears in the Rain, um, like Tears in the Rain comment, apparently I, I was watching a recent video about it. He said that he wrote this two hours before shooting that, that scene, apparently. Yeah, there was a sort of a rough version which was nowhere near that good in um in the original script and he spent the night thinking of it and improved the um the version that made it into the movie mm-hmm. yeah he, he'll be sorting this especially in the cyberpunk genre anyways uh moving along so on the 23rd of july 1967 uh first successful liver transplant on the 19 month old julia rodriguez by dr at the University of Colorado. Pretty epic. At 23rd of July 2015, NASA's Kepler mission announces the discovery of the most Earth-like planet yet, Kepler 452b, 1,400 light-years from Earth. Uh, Now to our remembrances, 23rd of July 1916, William Ramsey, Scottish chemist who discovered the Nobel gases and received the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1904, in recognition of his services in the discovery of the inert gaseous elements in air, along with his collaborator John William Strutt, third Baron Ray Riley, who received the Nobel Prize in Physics that same year for that discovery of argon. After the two men identified argon, Ramsey investigated other atmospheric gases. His work in, in isolating argon, helium, neon, krypton, and xenon led to the development of a new section of the periodic table. He died from nasal cancer at the age of 63 in High Wycombe Bucks. That's High Wycombe. My mistake. That's, and that's Buckinghamshire. Uh, 
Um, well, my family's not far from there. My uncle actually lives in High Wycombe. Oh, nice. It is a nice area, actually. We have Buck out of Buckinghamshire. <laughs> well, originally the name's supposed to come from um, Buckminster. So, yeah. On the 23rd of July, 1942, Vladimir Polson, Danish uh, engineer who made significant contributions to early radio technology. He developed a magnetic wire recorder called the telegraph phone in 1898 and the first continuous wave transmitter, the Polson arc transmitter in 1903, which was used in some of the first broadcasting stations until the early 1920s. He died from natural causes at the age of 72 in Gentofte. Uh, 23rd of July, 2012, Sally Ride, American astronaut and physicist. She joined NASA in 1978 and became the first American woman in space in 1983. Ride was the third woman in space overall after USSR cosmonauts Valentina Tereshkova and Svetlana Savitskaya. Ride remains the youngest American astronaut to have traveled to space and have done so at the age of 32. After flying twice in the orbit of Challenger, she left NASA in 1983 and worked at, for two years at Stanford University Center for Intel, International Security and Arms Control and then at the University of California, San Diego as a professor of physics, primarily researching nonlinear opt- optics and Thomas uh, Thompson scattering. She served on the committees that investigated the Challenger and Columbia space shuttle disasters, the only person to participate in both. She died from pancreatic cancer at the age of 61 in La Jolla, California. The whole Ah, famous birthdays. Um, on the 21st of 1951, Robin Williams, an American actor and comedian. Williams began performing stand-up in San Francisco and Los Angeles during the mid-1970s and is credited with leading San Francisco's comedy renaissance. After rising to fame playing the alien Mork in the sitcom Mork and Mindy, which was a spin-off of Happy Days, Williams established a career in both stand-up and feature film acting. He's known for his improvisation skills and wide variety of memorable character voices he created. Williams has been voted the most, the funniest person of all time. Uh, Williams was nominated four times for the Academy Awards, winning Best Supporting Actor for his performance as psychologist Sean McGuire in Goodwill Hunting. He also received two Primetime Emmy Awards, six Golden Globe Awards, two Screen Actor Guild Awards, and four Grammy Awards. He was born in Chicago, Illinois. He, is, he has a very impressive resume. He does. Uh, 23rd of July, 1892, Haas Blassi was an Ethiopian re- regent from 1916 to 1930 and emperor from 1930 to 1974. He is a defining figure in the modern Ethiopian history. During his rule, in the Harari people were persecuted and many left the Harari region. His regime was also criticized by human rights groups as autocratic and illiberal, such as Human Rights Watch. Among the Rastafari movement, whose followers are estimated to numbers between 700,000 to 1 million, Selassie is revered as the returned messiah of the Bible, God incarnate. Beginning in Jamaica in the 1930s, the Rastafari movement perceived Selassie as a messianic figure who will lead a future golden age of eternal peace, righteousness, and prosperity. He was born in Asaja Goro. That's a weird combination. <laughs> the Jamaicans worshipping the former uh, regent of emperor of Ethiopia, uh, who persecuted people, but saying that he's God incarnate, 
<laughs> but he was he was persecuting evil people. Oh, of course, that makes it okay then. <laughs> yeah, like that. That was it's the same as Hitler. Hitler only persecuted evil people, apparently. Oh my if god, listen... that sound bite is going to be so out of context. <laughs> if, if you um, if you listen, look, if you listen to their press people, that's what they'll tell you. <laughs> we are so dead. Ah, twenty third of July, nineteen. 19- Philip Seymour Hoffman, American actor, director, and producer, best known for his distinctive supporting character roles, typically lowlifes, eccentrics, bullies, and misfits. Hoffman acted in many films in the early 1990s until his death in 2014. He began his screen career in 1991, Law and Order, and started to appear in films in 1992. He gained recognition for his supporting work, notably in Scent of Woman, Boogie Nights, Happiness, Patch Adams, the talented Mr. Ripley, among other films. He began occasionally playing lead roles for his, and for his portrayal of the author Truman Capote in Capote, which won him an Academy Award. Hoffman's profile continued to grow, which he received three Oscar nominations for his supporting work in Charlie Wilson's War, Doubt, and The Master. Remembered for his fearlessness in playing reprehensible characters and for bringing depth and humanity to such roles, Hoffman was described in his New York Times obituary as perhaps the most ambitious and widely admired American actor of his generation. He was born in Fairpoint, uh, Fairport, New York. And finally, the famous birthday is 23rd of July, 19. Daniel Radcliffe, English actor and producer, known for his portrayal in as the protagonist in Harry Potter films, based on the novel by J.K. Rowling. He played, he made his acting debut at 10 years of age at BBC One's 1998 TV series, David Copperfield, followed by his cinematic debut in 2001's The Tailor of Panama. Yeah. At the age of 11, he was cast in the Harry Potter films and starred, for the, starred in that role for 10 years. Radcliffe became one of the highest paying actors in the world during filming of the Potter films, earning worldwide fame, popularity, and critical acclaim for his role. Following the success, he acted in other roles such as the Edwardian horror film The Woman in Black, Kill Your Darlings, Victor Frankenstein, Swiss Army Man, amongst others. And his role in Swiss Army Man is literally the best acting I've ever seen. <laughs> he plays a farting corpse. Oh, I, I, I think I need to watch that again. Watch it right now. Go and watch it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Radcliffe began to branch out to stage acting in 2007 and starring in London and New York productions of Equus, which he received immense praise from critics and audiences alike, and in the 2012 Broadway revival of the musical How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. That's going to be the weirdest title I ever heard. He was born in London. I've heard worse. Oh. Uh, events of interest, 23rd of July, 1983. Gimli Glider, Air Canada Flight 143, runs out of fuel and makes a dead stick landing at Gimli, Minitoba. And this is why you use metric. <laughs> I was going to get The reason this happened was because someone bugged up the conversion from metric to imperial. Yeah. That's what they said. Like The subsequent investigator revealed the confusion of unit meshes have led to the aircraft being refueled with insufficient fuel. Yeah. Oh, man. 23rd of July, 1995, Alan Hale and Thomas Bopp um, discovered Com- Hale Bopp separately be- before it became visible to the naked eye. It's, it is difficult to predict the maximum brightness of new comets with any degree of certainty. But Hale you, Bopp... we, we are trying to keep these kind of family friendly, so can you actually dress the eyes now, please? <laughs> 
The eyes, you mean? That's what he said. Rest the eyes. He said that were naked. naked. Ah, naked eye. Ah, oh boy, but... it's gonna be one of those days. <laughs> but uh, Hale Bob met and exceeded most uh, predictions when it passed perihelion on april 1st 1997 and it was visible to the naked eye for a record of 18 months twice as long as the great comet of 1811 the previous record holder accordingly hail bob was dubbed the great comet of 1997 and finally 23rd july 1990 space shuttle columbia launches on sts 93 with elaine collins becoming the first female space shuttle commander the shuttle also carried and deployed the Chandra X-ray Observatory. Uh, so you guys got anything else to add? Only if it's going to keep you here long enough to get you locked in the library. <laughs> Anyways, that's... Um, it. We could do a reading of War and Peace. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, that's, it for ten- that's it for this week. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Nerds, Nerds Amalgamated. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at nerds. At, uh, find us on Twitter at nerds. Up. Ah, sorry, this is not my night. Come on, it's not that hard. <laughs> find us on Twitter at n. Amalgamated. Um, you can also send us an email at. Is nerds. it n. Amalgamated or is it just n. Amalgamated? N. Amalgamated. Ah, this is not my night. Uh, you can also find us um, on email at uh, nerds. Gmail.com. You can also find us on that's not canon.com where we have an archive of our old episodes and merchandise. We'll be updating our merchandise soon. And um, we can, you can also find us on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher, amongst other audio platforms. So that's it for us. See you guys. We'll see you next week. Remember to take care of yourselves and each other and stay hydrated. Hooroo. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusive Apply. See site for details.